everyone, and this is episode 25 of Season 2 of Going Beyond Salvation, and this is your host, Jess Robinson, and I don't know if my microphone is picking this up, but there are people working in the alleyway, um, working on a uh, sewer line, and I think they're finishing up, so... If you hear equipment running, it's just because they're doing their their job. So, anyway, going on into our daily reading into numbers, it's just so amazing, like, just how God really, we see how he really cares for for his people, and just so interesting, the little details that, that God does care for, and, and and we'll see, you know, and we're going to kind of go into detail with, with Jesus, what happens to him a little bit about the, the crown of thorns in the scourging. I actually did some research on it and I know it's going to be kind of hard to go through that. Um, but we'll, we'll talk about it when we get there, but we're going to start off in numbers. And what I mean about God really caring is, you know, in a time where, women really didn't have value in, in a time of history, you know, and, and some cultures, you know, they're not looked good upon. They're not seen very highly, you know, they're treated as slaves in a way. We see the story of Zelophed's daughters, you know, they, there was no son to inherit, uh, Zelophed's inheritance, his, he only had daughters and, they come to, to Moses with this genuine concern saying just because, you know, and, and he hadn't been part of any uprising. He just had died for his own sin in, in the desert. And they, they come to him and, you know, make a, a pretty good, you know, claim that, that it, it isn't right for them you know, for their father's inheritance to just go because he left no son. And because, you know, in that time, in a lot of cultures, it had to be a firstborn son or even just a son that, you know, took the father's inheritance. But we don't see that happen here with Zelophed's daughters. And, you know, the Moses goes to the Lord about it and you know, the Lord is like, they're right, you know, and he makes provision for what happens when there isn't a son. And, you know, it, it just shows that, you know, he placed dignity and honor in women and in Israel, but, you know, as well that he puts dignity and honor in women. And as we continue on in in the Bible, we're going to see such significance that women have in, in the Bible, you know, yes, we have like Ruth, the book of Ruth and the book of Esther, but you know, like I was going through the book of Romans and at the end, you know, Paul is, you know, when he's, you know, writing and he's listing people that have helped him, it was like, I kept seeing a lot of women that, that helped, you know, in the ministry as well and that he lists. So it's like, you know, they have, you know, God put a, a, a strong emphasis that, you know, there's no favoritism between a man or a woman. And, 
And so, you know, he put dignity among women. And so, and he had such care for such even a little detail about that, that, you know, yes, when a man doesn't have a son to inherit, you know, it goes to the daughter. And, and then he just keeps going saying, well, if this situation happens, you know, he had such care for, for, you know, for his people and how they were to run things. And it just shows that, you know, God cares for every little detail in our lives. You know, we don't think that he, he totally knows all the situation that we're going through. And it's like, yes, he does. And he cares. He, he cares. And that we're to cast our, our burdens upon him and cast our cares upon him because he cares. So, and even with, with Moses, Moses is concerned about the people that they need a leader and, and the Lord provides a leader through Joshua, you know, Joshua's many qualifications for leadership, you know, I think the greatest was that he was spirit led and, and we see, you know, in several instances where he's, he goes with, with Moses up to the mountain and he's there he never leaves the Lord's presence. So for him to take over as leader was, was very crucial. And I think the Lord was preparing him for when, you know, in the time that Moses would leave the people, I think he was preparing Joshua to, to lead the people and take, and, you know, in this day, I think in ministry, you know, and I'm lucky, you know, where I'm at that, you know, I have such great you know, church leaders in my life that they're about raising up a, a younger generation to, to continue on the mantle, to continue on the race. You know, they encourage all younger people to, you know, they're so, they encourage them. They, they, you know, I've, I get a lot of opportunities, you know, as, you know, training and, you know, and my ministry certificate and the classes that I take, you know, and getting the opportunity to share what I learn and, and to, you know, share with the youth group, to share with other believers. I think it's just amazing that, you know, the to have that kind of leadership where they don't just hold the leadership to themselves and keep everything to themselves. It was about, you know, they're about raising up a generation to carry on the mantle when, when the Lord decides to call them home. And I think as, you know, what I've learned and the opportunities I've been given, it's like, I, I want to make sure that even my youth group gets those chances. And I, you know, look forward, you know, to the opportunity, even if it's just like, they want to help clean the church, or they just want to It'll help cook a meal for youth group. I think it's just something we should encourage all the time is, is raising up our younger, our younger generation to, to take on this mantle, to, to run the race. And God cares, you know, he cares about that kind of stuff so much. And, and so, you know, it's, it's just amazing that you see what he's, what he does and, you know, to make sure that, that when Moses was gone, you know, that the Israel would still have somebody to lead who was spirit led and, 
and all of that. And so let's just pretty much with Numbers 27. And so we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to talk about Proverbs chapter 6. And we are back and we're going over Proverbs tw- or pro- Proverbs 6. And I know Proverbs is taking a while. The way this show is going to run is Proverbs and Psalms is going to kind of be broken apart. And so we'll be ending Proverbs and Psalms at the end of the year of this daily reading. And so there's going to be times that everything's going to be put together for pro- Proverbs and then when we get to the actual individual Proverbs, you know, starting in chapter 10, we'll, we'll kind of have Proverbs in, in the episode a little bit more. That's just kind of how I have it planned, uh, unless the Lord decides to change it. But, you know, kind of going into how God cares, you know, he, God cared for, to make sure, you know, that the poor were taken care of. But he also made sure, you know, and we see in this wisdom about, you know, about putting security um, for your neighbor or for a friend. And what it what it was meaning was, you know, accepting responsibility for someone's debt if if they fail to pay it. And I think we, you know, think about Jesus and he took the debt that we owed you know, because of the sins in our lives, you know, the punishment was for us and it should have been for us, but he took that. But in light of, in reality, we have to be careful about getting in a financial situation where, you know, we're dependent on the actions of our friend that goes beyond our control. And it can lead to poverty and, and the loss of lifelong friendships. But it doesn't mean that we're supposed to not refuse to help someone who's in real need of the basic necessities of life, which is true. You know, I, you know, there's been times, especially with this whole thing with coronavirus and, you know, getting a message from somebody saying, hey, I, you know, I, I need you know, laundry detergent, or, you know, you hear uh, loaf of bread, or just even like one or two eggs, you know, it's just, or the cup of sugar, you know, because you see like in, in the older shows where neighbors were going over for just a cup of sugar or a cup of flour, it's something like that that's not, you know, you, you shouldn't deny, you know, kind of stuff like that. It's just when, you know, you, you allow yourself to be responsible for somebody's debt and you have to be careful with that. But when you think about it in a messianic view, you know, God or Jesus took our debt for us and that, that we owed and, you know, he paid the price for us. And that's just something that we can hold dear, that God cares for us, that, his one and only son paid the price for us. And so then we get into, you know, verse six, talking about what a sluggard is, 
you know, and it, it, essentially it's a lazy person that puts off beginning, you know, what they should do, don't, they don't finish a project, they follow the least difficult course of action, you know, and it, it can be tempting in our, you know, in our relationship with the Lord where we can take the easy way out when God tells us to code the other way. You know, we try to find those shortcuts and you can't take shortcuts in, in, in your relationship with the Lord. You know, we try to take shortcuts in our reading. We try to take shortcuts in our prayer time, you know. And that's just something that, you know, because God cares for our spiritual well-being. He doesn't want us to, to take shortcuts or be lazy and, and, and what he wants us to do. It's, you know, being lazy too, you know, and, and the things that he wants us to do for his kingdom. And so we shouldn't be lazy in that area. And it's because he cares because he knows what's best for us. And so, you know, that's just essentially in, in Proverbs you know, verse six and in Proverbs chapter six, and then, you know, he cares about the family. You know, we see this, this thing about the family, you know, he, God has such, you know, value upon the family that it's made up of a father and mother, and then there's children. And, and that parents need to share in the spiritual training, just as, you know, the, the Lord is, is concerned about, you know, the, their spiritual life, you know, he's concerned about making sure that they're raising their children to, to serve him. And, you know, he cares about fidelity, you know, he, and we see over and over in Proverbs about, you know, the effects of adultery that, you know, adultery is just it's never quite removed and it's just because it's there. There can be forgiveness and there can be amends and marriages still can be saved even after adultery. But it's still there, you know, in a way. And it does affect the family in a negative way. And so, you know, and God cares about that. He cares about marriages. He cares about, you know, spouses and all of that. And I think it's so crucial that, you know, we, we're careful, you know, and, and how we interact with others, you know, especially, you know, of the opposite sex, how, how we talk to them, you know, how, you know, we present or even just how we, even we dress, you know, making sure that, that, you know, we're not, knocking on temptation's door and all of that. So, you know, and God cares and, and he knows, you know, in our hearts when, you know, we're, we're being honest and not trying to walk in that way and down that road. And so that was the things that I saw in Proverbs chapter six. And so we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to jump into the book of, of Mark. And we're back and we're in Mark chapter 15 and 
I just want to talk about, you know, they, they, they take Jesus before Pilate because Pilate had to make the decision to put Jesus to death. The Jewish people did not have that option. Um, it had to be up to the Roman governor. And the Roman governor really didn't want to put Jesus because he really just didn't see this charge of blasphemy as a, as a reason to kill him. And, you know, I really don't want to rehash the, the, the whole thing when we talked about it in the book of Matthew. There's just a few things I wanted to point out, you know, and, and that one that Jesus was silent, you know, he didn't defend himself. And it's, it fulfills Isaiah's, you know, prophecy that, you know, like a led before slaughter, he, he was silent and, you know, he's silent during the whole time. You know, think about this is, you know, he's, you know, taking on, you know, paying the debt that, that was ours. And he was silent about it. He didn't make a defense. You know, he was, it was a total surrender. And it's just because he cared, you know, he cared for us because the, the Lord loves us. And he was there to, to bring back relationship. You know, he's, he didn't give up on, on the relationship with his creation after this, the fall of man. He was, you know, this whole book that we read is just about God's great love for us and what he, he did, you know, for us. And, and it just shows that he cares, you know, it just shows so much how much he cares. And, you know, when we read this, you know, he's, he ends up being, you know, sentenced to be crucified. A, a, a criminal is set free. And I just want to talk about, you know, one, I want to talk about the scourging because there's so much to it. And I was actually going through my Perry Stone Bible and it talks about the scourging of Christ. And it, it's for our healing. We, you know, we'll hear the verse, you know, by his stripes, we were healed. And it was for our healing. And, not many people understand the scourging and it was pretty much a beating at the hands of a Roman soldier. So he was beat before Roman soldiers and it was a short handled whip and it was actually called the cat of nine tails. And they would actually put like fragments of lead or bone to where it would cause like the most damage. And generally um, Romans would scourge a victim with an unlimited number of strokes. They didn't care, you know, Jewish people under the law of Moses, it was the rule was 39 lashes or 40 lashes minus one, which is, you know, 39. And it was generally 13, uh, a, a, there was 13 straps. So it was like, um, or no, not 13 straps. It was, it was three thong, you know, thongs, which is, you know, the, the strips and they were struck 13 times for a total of 39. And it was just a belief that if they went past 40, that the person would die. The Romans didn't care. <laughs> they weren't really, they didn't really have a lot of compassion, the Roman soldiers. And so generally what happened when I was kind of researching this, um, Uh, Perry Stone, uh, 
shows on there how this actually like how the how the beating was to occur and it comes from adam clark's commentary with of the jewish mishnah and it says the two hands of the criminal are bound to a post and then the servant of the synagogue either pulls or tears off his clothes until he leaves his breath breast and shoulders bare a stone or block is placed behind him on which the servant stands he holds his hands in his hands a scourge made of leather divided into four tails he who scourges lays one third on the criminal's breast another third on his right shoulder and another on his left the man who receives the punishment is neither sitting nor standing but all the while stooping and the man smites with all the strength with one hand so and and generally when the romans were doing it i mean it was to the point you know, like there's the movie, The Passion of the Christ, and everybody that I've heard, every evangelist, they're like, yeah, that was bloody, but that wasn't even close to what probably Jesus looked like afterwards. Um, that generally it was said that their their back was hanging in shreds of flesh, and you could probably sometimes see, you know, muscle and all of that. Just, it was so gruesome. And, you know, and like Perry Stone in his, in his commentary, you know, that it's, you, you notice that where the stripes are born is on one thirds on the left shoulder, one third on the right shoulder and, and the final third on the breast. And, you know, when you, he, he parallels, parallels that with the blood of the lambs in Egypt when Passover happened um, they were smeared in three locations on the Torah post, the left, the right, and the upper center mantle. And um, and that the stripes on Christ were laid near the top of his body, just as the blood in G Egypt was on, was on the upper parts of the door. And so Jesus bore the sickness of humankind. Um, and the wounds and stripes, he actually, like puts it to the actual Jewish Passover bread, which is called matzo bread, and that they used at the Seder, and it was thin and baked without leaven, and there was, like, stripes across its front and back, and it had a brown appearance. And so that it was a perfect picture of the Messiah and, and all of that, and that, you know, he's the bread that comes down from heaven, you know, and that he was the true bread from heaven. He had no leaven, which is sin. He was bruised. He was beaten with stripes. And the nails on the cross drove holes into his left hand, right hand, and both feet. You know, Christ's beating was for our healing. And the cross was for our salvation. And so he, you know, when Adam sinned, it brought a dual curse of sin and sickness to humanity and when Christ was beaten and then went to the cross it was a double cure for the double curse is how Perry Stone puts it and I really agree with that and when I was reading too about the the because you know the soldiers are humiliating him and they put a crown of thorns on his head and you know, I was, I was going through my Perry Stone Bible. It was like talking about that the, the crown of thorns was probably made from acacia tortillas tree. And it's the same, think about it, it's the same wood that was used 
for the the furniture for uh, the tabernacle and temple. So, I mean, if that doesn't get you warm, worked up, you know, it's it's going to get you worked up. Like, just the little details that the Lord had when, you know, the temple was made, being made, the type of wood, and then how, you know, Christ, what he went through in his beating and with the crown of thorns, the little details, it just shows how much God cares, you know, and it just shows so much about the love of God that we have you know, freely, that he gives freely and that we should freely receive. And so, so that was what I really wanted to talk about. You know, I think if you're struggling thinking that God doesn't care, you know, that you think he's, he's far off, he's not. He cares about every little detail in your life. And I mean, to the point that he sent his, and he cares for you so much that to the point that he sent his one and only son, you know, for your healing, for your salvation, you know, he cares for you. And so if you're struggling with that, you know, know that, that we have hope in Christ and, and a God that cares and that we can, you know, give him our cares because he cares for us. And, that's just something that we have so much hope and assurance in. And so that's just kind of wrapping up for today's episode. And so for the next episode, um, we're going to go through Numbers chapter 28, verse 1 through chapter 28, 29, verse 40, Psalm 38, verses 9 through 16, Proverbs 7 verses 1 through 3, and then Mark chapter 15, verses 21 through 47. And so I'm going to end in a prayer real quick, and I just want to say thank you, Lord Jesus, for, for who you are, Lord. We just give you the glory and the honor, Lord. Lord, we look in this book, and we just see how much you care for us, how much you love us, and that, Lord, I just pray, God, that we can just worship you and magnify you today, Lord, for you are amazing. And Lord, just work in our hearts. We just pray against the lie of the enemy that that says that you are far off, that you don't care. Lord, we just cast our cares upon you because it says in your word that you care for us. And that, Lord, I just pray that you just touch us, anoint us, and that, Lord, that you just be glorified and magnified in our lives. And we just give you the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great day, you guys.